It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91. Game one in the English Premier League. Game one week and it was... Oh, not disappointing to say the least. Fresh signings, starring on debut, newly promoted clubs, stopping the top four... And, well, Izzy's Manchester United in their same old tricks. Just terrible. So, <laughs> Harry Simeo is a good friend of the show. It's been a long, hot summer for Harry because are you still rocking that beard, Harry? I can't imagine it's very conducive to the heat you've had up in the UK. It's so good to have you back on. It must be Premier League season. We're stoked to have you dialing into the, sh- uh, into the show for another season. How are you doing, friend? All good, my friend. All good. I must admit, I had to trim the beard down a little bit in the last few weeks because it did just get a little bit too much. But I can't get rid of it completely. I, I look like a miner when I do, so it's probably best that I leave something. <laughs> Kimpy can relate. He's got a print. You've got the princess dye. Yeah, mate. Yeah, just so you know, I I shaved this little beard. I had a little goatee. I shaved it. I was in Birmingham one night, and it was this, unfortunately the night Princess Di died. So. I, I've shaved it into a little chin bit of fluff and I've left it on ever since that day, mate. The boys give me grief about it. So I know what you mean about that. Um, mate, it's hot up there. I was talking to my nephew yesterday up in the UK. What, what's that, How's that affecting the, the start of the competition with that heat that's going on up there? Yeah, it's been really, really hot, more than it normally is here in the UK. We're always moaning. British people are famous for moaning about the weather and it being bad. But the problem is when it's this hot, everybody's moaning again just for a different reason. But I think it, it, it is going to have an impact in the start of the Premier League. I think at the beginning of the season, there's still varying fitness levels. You know, some players take a little bit longer to get up to peak condition. Some of them were on international duty at the back end of the last campaign and so haven't had as long in pre-season to get up to speed. The introduction, however, of the five substitutes rule in the Premier League is making it a little bit easier in that you can now make five changes in a game, whereas in years gone by, it's always been three. So I think that's helped, but it does impact on the intensity of the games. And we are seeing, particularly last weekend and probably this weekend as well, that level just dropping off in the latter stages of games, which can work both ways, right? It can let teams back in. It can lead to mistakes. Tiredness often leads to mistakes. Um, But it's a really, really interesting situation at the moment that we've got to keep our eyes on. 
Yeah, no, that's fascinating. We were just talking about the All Blacks are going up to Alice Park to play the Springboks, and, and that's at altitude, and, and it completely changes the landscape or the scope of how a game, the pace, the tempo of any sport, Harry. So um, especially when you're not used to it, it can completely throw you. Let's let's go to like one of the biggest storylines as far as we can tell down here. Erling Haaland, he seems to have had all of the bully about him. All of the mail was saying he's going to be a star, then he came out and didn't disappoint on debut. So is there a chance this can just as good as everyone thinks yeah he is for sure you know and I think what people seem to kind of often overlook with Erling Haaland is that this is a guy who's very experienced for somebody who's so young but I think he's gone about building his career in the, in the right way you know he started in Salzburg in Austria played for them for a while and there were a lot of big clubs um, you know the, the likes of Real Madrid Barcelona some of the Premier League clubs we're talking about, you know, or we're being talked about, I beg your pardon, as potential suitors for him. Instead, he decided to go to Borussia Dortmund, who are a Bundesliga club in Germany, which is, I would argue, probably the third or fourth best league on the continent. And what that did was just give him the opportunity to up it a level without all the pressure that comes with being a mega money signing for a Real Madrid, a Barcelona or a Premier League giant. And he just was able to refine himself that little bit more and get himself to a level where he could then go on and, and take to the Premier League like a duck to water. And he's done exactly that. He's come in. He's got all the physical attributes that you need to succeed in the Premier League. It is one of the more physical competitions in the world of football. So to be able to kind of master that side of it has certainly helped him. But he's just got this confidence and almost an arrogance about him that just makes him such an intriguing character. Um, and, and, and often you look at him and you think, yeah, he's, he's quite arrogant and he knows he's great. But then at other times you look at him and you think there's still a naivety to him. There's still a vulnerability. I mean, he swore in front of the TV cameras uh, twice Love in his that. post-match interview at the weekend, which just shows that I don't think he always realizes, you know, what a superstar he is and how every word he says, people are just going to hang on it. But he's brilliant and he's got off to a great start with a couple of big goals away to West Ham, which is never an easy place to go. Jeez, I, w- I woke out of a dream then. I thought you were talking about Izzy Dagg. Um, what about your Arsenal, Harry? Did you did you think they, their start to the season was was as good as uh, you hoped it, it would be? Yeah, for sure. Arsenal have done some really, really good, smart business over the summer. Um, they've managed to bring in some top-quality players to help enhance the squad. My only reservation and concern was that Last season, or the start of the season prior, we, we had an away game, a London derby, on a Friday night, which was a bit of a potential banana skin, the type of game that you could quite easily get caught cold and, um, and ultimately drop points in. And that's exactly what happened. We weren't prepared at the start of last season, but this season things look so, so different. We went to Crystal Palace, one of the most atmospheric places in the Premier League. And for the first 35, 40 minutes of the game, Arsenal were completely dominant. I mentioned earlier about the intensity and the way that the fitness levels have just been dropping off at the, in, in the latter stages of games. We saw that from Arsenal in the second half, but thankfully they'd done the work and they got their noses in front and put themselves in a position from which they shouldn't have dropped points. And in the end, they didn't. So, yeah, great start. But, you know, the Premier League is the Premier League. It throws up surprises all the time. And mm. there's no point in getting carried away at this stage. But you can certainly say that at least on the surface, Arsenal looked to be in much better shape this season. Harry, is the situation with Manchester United, and I'm coming in pretty blind here, but some 
famous sports franchises around the world. I think about the New York Knicks um, as a real good example. And we've actually got one down here in New Zealand called the New Zealand Warriors, our league team. Like, they can't succeed no matter who coaches, no matter what players they bring in, because there's just institutional fundamental issues with the club and that is probably to do with ownership is Manchester United in a phase where they actually aren't going to be able to break this chain unless something really drastic happens with the club at the administrative level while you were speaking there I was trying to think of a polite way of putting what's going on at Manchester United (laughs) um, that would be suitable for a breakfast show the best thing I can come up with is it's a shambles it is an absolute shambles what is going on at Old Trafford this is one of the Even as an Arsenal fan, it pains me to say this, but this is one of the great institutions of our sport. You know, they've been incredibly successful globally. They're maybe the biggest club in the world. And the ownership are unfortunately bleeding them dry. Manchester United, when they appointed Eric Ten Hag, who is now in charge, sold it as a new project. They were going and they were plucking out one of the most promising coaches from the European game. They were going to bring him to the club and they were going to give him autonomy and control to sign as and who he pleased to get Manchester United back to where they belong. And it doesn't even look like he's got a plan. They're being linked with some awful players. They're being linked with Adrian Rabiot, former French international midfielder who's always in the headlines for the wrong reasons. Um, And and that looks like it's a deal that could get done. That's certainly not the midfield upgrade that Manchester United fans were hoping for. They've been chasing... Uh, Netherlands international Frankie de Jong all summer and he could well end up at Chelsea at the end of it they've gone after so many players and they've not managed to get any of the deals over the line which has caused enough distress and panic among the fan base but to start the season the way they did with a 2-1 defeat at home to Brighton has really really ramped up the criticism and they've got a big game at the weekend they go away to Brentford which is a very and I keep saying this about a lot of clubs, but it's a tough place to go under the lights, small stadium, compact stadium. Mm. Only two of the big six picked up points at Brentford last season. They go there on Saturday evening, and if they don't get all three points, the questions are going to continue, the outrage is going to continue, and when you're in a rot, the longer that it lasts, the more difficult it is to repair. Yeah, you're dead right, Harry. I played a game of league there at Brentford against the London Broncos back in the day. What about... Uh... Our, our good mate, old Cristiano Ronaldo. What happens to him then with Manchester United? Well, this is another situation that just adds to the, the long list of problems that Eric Ten Hag faces at the moment. Cristiano Ronaldo has made it clear that he doesn't want to stay at Manchester United. He doesn't feel as though the club are at the level that he wants to be playing at. He's stressed that he wants to play. Via his representatives, I have to say, he hasn't come out and said this publicly, but he's been putting messages out via his representative. Harry, isn't he average these days, though? It's a really difficult one because Cristiano Ronaldo in the past was this all-encompassing forward player. He could dribble, he could take people on, he had incredible pace, he was a lethal goalscorer, a great finisher, a great athlete, and he had it all. Nowadays, Cristiano Ronaldo, I would say, is an elite goalscorer, but nothing outside of that. Cristiano Ronaldo inside the penalty area is as good as anybody in world football. But the, the minute you ask him to drop back, the minute you ask him to defend, the minute you ask him to run channels, and the minute you ask him to try and facilitate other players, that's when you have a problem. He's very one-dimensional nowadays. And it doesn't fit with what Manchester United are wanting to do and wanting to build. But having said that, without his goals last season, 
they probably would have finished in the bottom half of the table. He dragged them single-handedly through the group stages of the Champions League with a, a string of late goals in important games. It's, it, it's a difficult balance to find because without Cristiano Ronaldo, Manchester United are not very good. But with Cristiano Ronaldo, you can't see how they're going to move on and develop into a different game model, the game model that Eric Ten Hag wants to apply. So it's a bit of a catch-22. Personally, if I were in charge of Manchester United, I'd let him go. I'd find a way of making it happen because Manchester United are almost stuck in this cycle with Cristiano Ronaldo right now. Having said all of that, I wouldn't be surprised if he starts the game on Saturday because they are desperate for three points. And unfortunately, at this moment in time for United, they've got more chance of winning with him in the side than without him. It sounds like you should start a podcast with Russell Westbrook. He only wants to do one thing, refuses to change the way he plays. Um, Harry, that's great insight, mate. Just on Liverpool, before we get to your game of the round, Liverpool, uh, Scouse fans worried after their slow start, that kind of sluggish draw with Fulham? It was a sluggish uh, draw with Fulham. They weren't at anywhere near their best, but you have to give Fulham praise as well. Uh, they've come back up from the championship. They're a bit of a yo-yo club, Fulham. They get promoted, they get relegated, then they get promoted again. It's the same thing, the same cycle over and over again. They've got a good manager in Marco Silva who had them very well set up. They've done some good business in the summer. Alexander Mitrovic, the striker, was in great form at the weekend. He got both of Fulham's goals. But Liverpool, even when they were really poor, managed to find a way to salvage something, and they got a point with a late equaliser. If I were a Liverpool fan, I wouldn't be overly concerned. I just think that it was a bit of a slow start for them. The problem is, however, that when you're chasing a side as good as Manchester City, a draw can feel like a defeat. You know, already they're two points behind them, and we know the margins of which they're able to play are so thin. You know, they can't afford to fall behind at this point in the season, and particularly losing a game, or drawing a game, I should say, that you would have said was a banker for three points. So, I wouldn't be overly concerned with Liverpool in the in the picture of their overall season and how it's going to go. But to lose ground on Manchester City at this stage, I know it's early, but it is disappointing because of the fixture. Harry, what's the what's the must-watch uh, game of the round? This, if we were only going to tune into one, what's the one that you've circled on your calendar? The one I've got circled on my calendar uh, this weekend, outside of the Arsenal game, obviously, uh, is the <laughs> London derby on Sunday. Uh, which is between Chelsea and Spurs. There's a lot of talk about Chelsea maybe not being up to it this season. Everybody knows what happened at the back end of last year with Roman Abramovich. A new owner's come in. There's wholesale changes behind the scenes that have taken place that have led people to kind of write off Chelsea, I think. And I think wrongly. I think Mm. they'll still be in the top four this season. And they play a Spurs side who haven't won at Stamford Bridge for 31 years. Now, a lot of people are tipping Spurs to be the third best team in the Premier League this season. I'm not so sure that they're ready for that kind of responsibility, if I'm being completely honest. But it's going to be a fascinating game. Two excellent tacticians in Thomas Tuchel and Antonio Conte. They both play a very similar formation, a very similar system. And I'm intrigued to see how this one's going to go. Now that I've said it's the must-watch, it'll probably be be a boring nil-nil draw. But uh, that's certainly the game of the round on paper. I love it. Ari Simeo, he is the sharpest of the football minds out of the UK. Love having you dial into the show every once in a while, Harry. All the best, mate. Enjoy the Arsenal game this weekend. Thank you, mate. Have a good one, guys. Yeah, great, Harry. Harry Simeo, champion. Kimpy, he... um... I just love listening to him, mate. He sounds like a good mate of mine, Andy Flint. You know, that that part of, uh, of the UK with that... 
accent. I think that's East London. I'll have to ask him next time I'm talking to him, but I just love them talking. I love that football chat. No, he's you just, know, they're so knowledgeable. So passionate. Oh, it's, just, it's must, it's must be what I sound like when I'm talking about rugby league. Brentford, I did. I played at Brentford. Um, Drop goal, field goal? Actually, we won that game. Yeah, it was a tough night. It was a real tough night. I remember we travelled down there on the bus. It was playing for Castlefoot at the time. I think it was like a Challenge Cup game against London. And London had all these Aussies in their side, you know what I mean? It was just, it's, like you said, a compact pitch. It was a really short pitch, sidelines. The field was short, as they, as most of the soccer pitches are. And um, yeah, it was a bit of a bashathon on that night, but I think we got the points. Did you have Inter Sandman playing in your headphones before you went out? Mate, you know who I had, LL Cool J. What song... If you had control of every one of the All Blacks' phones and Spotify accounts and they're on the bus ambling into Alice Park and the South African fans are slapping the bus and you had to choose one song to put in their ears, to galvanise, to energise, invigorate, what would it be? Richard says enter Sandman. This is our Choices Flooring poll today. And there's some great nominations here. Remember the name. There's a footage of Jonah killing it to the song on YouTube. Gives you chills. Absolutely remember the name as a banger. What are they for you? We've got a $50 TAB bonus bet. This is for the Choices for him poll today. We're going a little bit early, but it's a great question. We've got some more nominations to play out throughout the morning, including Kempi's Off the Back Fence. Here with Chemist Warehouse, great savings every day, 22 minutes past 7 o'clock this morning. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.